One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss you can live a long healthy life if you're hiv positive with the current treatments we can get patients down to being undetectable the array of options is so much greater today you equals you undetectable equals untransmittable if someone who's hiv positive they're taking their medication they're undetectable they're not able to pass hiv to their partners do it for you montgomery county your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Ross Nation, and welcome along here to the Five Yard Flagship Show. Special show with a special guest lined up for you tonight. We're going to have a look at FFCC, our very own Fantasy Football Competition Cup runs tomorrow. And we are joined by no other than Andy Singleton. Andy, you went ahead and won this last year, didn't you? Congratulations. I did go ahead and win it. I did go ahead and win it. I am the world champ. Uh, (laughs) First American uh, winner as well. First American, hopefully only American ever. Yeah. Uh, I I had a lot of fun with this the, the <laughs> week I, it was announced I won, saying, you know, I had to come in and represent all of America and take the title away, the world champion, um, holding the throne up like Atlas. And I asked Murph, I said, am I, am I getting a little too carried away with this? He said, not at all. You're not doing it enough. So keep going. Brag about it all you want. You got 365 days to do it. So... I, it's been a while. I have a few uh, a few days of bragging to catch up to. But yes, I so, am the world champ. So you're still living off that. I love it. And I, I had a look back at your, your roster for last year, and um, it's interesting. I mean, how did you feel about it at the time? Do you remember? Uh, I feel great about every roster I draft. I mean, when you get so invested in these things, you feel like, you know, um, you feel like you nail every test that you come out of, right? But it, it, it's really, we're not in control of these tests. We, we can only prep and, and you know, 
try to give our best guess as to what's going to happen. But it's really up to the players. It's up to the league. It's up to the games, up to the performances of them. Yeah. So we, we really are out of control of it. So at the time that you're drafting, uh, given the news of the day, everything like that, yeah, all of these feel like, you know, as much time as we put in, I feel great. Uh, my issue has always been I, I, I wind up being in too many leagues and knowing too many players that I, I feel like I want diversity. So I always feel like I have a balance of players, mm-hmm. but I never funnel all of my like all of my guys into one lineup. You know, so that doesn't necessarily always create perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that doesn't always create perfect roster balance where, you know, you're looking like, oh, these are good teams. Some are really good teams. None of them are great. Had I just stuck to my guns, I would either lose every league in a year <laughs> or I'd win every league in a year. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it, it just feels uh, like it's it's it rounds out to 500 all, all across the board. I'm looking right now, my Scott Fish roster and my Warrior Bowl roster look incredibly similar. So I'm either going to have one of the greatest years ever or probably right. more than likely it's going to be dire on both well, camps. I, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's always a balance of guys, you know, that you, you just find yourself drafting more 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 times than not. And I, I, you know, look back at this roster I had last year, the, the, uh, the league winning roster, and there's definitely some some commonalities uh, that I that I see of guys that were my big sleepers that actually mm-hmm. wound up being big hits. I mean, Dalton Schultz comes out as one of the biggest yeah. ones. I, I was going around telling everybody, you know, make sure you draft him. Everybody was telling me I was crazy. Is Blake Jarwin, and um, sure enough, you know, Dalton Schultz was pretty much undrafted in a lot of places. I had a lot of shares of him. That worked out pretty well for me. Uh, Mac Jones was another guy. You know, and and this being a two quarterback yeah. league, uh, you yeah. know, was key. Um, so, you know, things like that. Uh, I, I think we tend to fall in love with the flavor of the week. You know, the rookies, the prospects, mm-hmm. you know, the guys on new teams. Uh, but the tried and true veterans always seem to be there as well, and that's something I've tried to be more cognizant of in the last couple of years. So guys like your Adam Thielen's Cooper cup last year is a great example. Uh, I mean, this, uh, this time last year, people would have arguing, have been arguing, can you make the case? He's a wide receiver too, let alone the number one receiver in all the, fantasy, yeah. you know, and, and here we are, you know, 12 months later, it's a totally different script. So, uh, you know, don't be afraid to take the guys that you think have kind of fallen out of favor, but you know, the, the back of their, the back of their baseball card says, they're going to produce, you know? Well, that's it. We're kind of moving away from what is dynasty season and the rookie hype and all of that lot. And now these these veteran guys and guys you mentioned like Adam Thielen and so on are suddenly just building up their value again. Um, I, I was a big Thielen drafter, especially in tournaments like this where he's quite touchdown dependent. It's very nice, handy to have. Um, people like Debo last year was available sort of eighth, ninth, tenth round of drafts in redraft yeah. and you'd have well outperformed that so um <clears throat> i don't think you're going to be building this roster though this year <laughs> russell wilson tom brady who did you have jonathan taylor cooper cup t higgins kyle pitts i think you're uh you're going to shuffle to pull out this one this year right I, absolutely i mean you look at like elijah moore was like my maybe my worst yep. wide receiver last year and uh you know so you go back and you look at this and uh, i mean they're they're Let's just count on one hand here. Um, in a two QB league, you can make the argument Wilson would be a first round pick. Probably not, but you can make the argument. He'd be only second, yeah. What's that? He'd be only mid second round, I'm sure. Especially now yeah. that change to Denver. 
Right. So you got Wilson, Jonathan Taylor, you know, Cooper Cup, like there's three yeah. first rounders, you know, uh, T. Higgins, Kyle Pitts, Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, we just named five, you know, <laughs> borderline first, second rounders uh, on one roster. So definitely not going to be able to replicate this. But, you know, this is why we do this every year. And, and uh, I, I think I'll have a shot. I mean, I'm the champ until I'm not the champ. Right. So we're not so going to know this for a little bit still. Oh, well, you're not going to have a fight then is, is what I hear there, basically. Yes, I'm ready to go down. I, and, you know, it's interesting because, like, this draft is starting um, is starting soon, right? When is this draft? Uh, yeah, in? tomorrow, 2 o'clock our time. So, What's that? About 9 a.m., I think, your time? Right, okay. Um, you know, Fishbowl, I just wrapped up my draft last week. Uh, I have another Dynasty draft that ended last week. Another one starts Saturday. And then another one that starts in two weeks. And then uh, the draft with Giants, which is uh, uh, it's 300 participants. It's a, basically a best ball version of the fishbowl. Uh, it's a complete ripoff of Scott's uh, tournament. I started eight years ago with Scott being one of the first guys in it. Uh, just nice. made it a best ball format. But the, the larger point to what I was saying was training camps haven't even begun yet. So mm-hmm. we're doing all these drafts that have so many implications uh, for the actual season and some, you know, a lot of these being best balls that we're going to be drafting guys that are going to get cut that aren't even going to be in the NFL this year. So it, it's, you know, when you talk about the rookie hype and things like that, like this is really, uh, you know, a bit of pin the tail on the donkey and just, you know, what's your best guess uh, at this stage? Cause we really don't have a ton of useful information to go off of other than our gut and, you know, what we've, you know, reading the tea leaves. So, uh, it's it's an interesting time of year, and it kicks up and it ramps up really quickly in the next couple of weeks. But uh, right now, for sure. I mean, we just looked at the team you had and how many of them were successes, and how you won't be able to do that this year. But there was guys on your roster as well. Marcus Callaway did squeeze into your final scoring, which is probably a surprise. Um, no, not at all. I was. <laughs> I think I might have been the high man in the world on Marcus Callaway, nice. and that includes his family. Um, nice. So, so there's a few on there that probably didn't play a part, right? Jalen Guyton, Kenneth Gainwell probably didn't live up to expectations. Kenyon yep. Drake certainly didn't. James Robinson went down injured. Yep. Uh, Sam Erlinger, Xavier Jones. Yep. You know, you've carried these guys and still come out of this victorious. Yeah. Well, I mean, wasn't this – I mean, this is uh, – I didn't. I don't think I had an option to add nope, anybody. No waivers. No. So, right. So you got to sit here and, and say, you know, Xavier Jones, I took, I think because at the time uh, was when we were learning about Cam Akers. I think we were drafting like the first week of training camp. So that was, you know, my guess. I went Xavier Jones. Other people went, um, uh, who's the other guy I'm thinking of now? Uh, other rookie. Jake Funk. Jake Funk, yes. Uh, other guys went Funk. I went Xavier Jones, you know, for, for, for about 30 seconds. That felt like it was the right call and then you know the Rams made some roster moves and then that was out and then I think Xavier Jones got hurt himself so um you know you look at things that happen in Indianapolis and and Ellinger felt like hey this 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 could pan out um you know so like I said flyers right late round flyers absolutely absolutely and and that's where you know on the on the opposite end of that spectrum that's where you pick up a guy like Dalton Schultz that's where you you know you pick up a guy uh, like a Darnell Mooney at that point, mm-hmm. um, you know, guys that are are mattering to your to your end of season scoring um, in a positive way. So Mac Jones in particular, you know, kind of a late round guy that you know nobody nobody wanted to believe in Mac Jones last year except for for me and a, you know I could count the guys on one hand how many guys were in, were in this camp. So 
Awesome. So let's a little look back at what it is. But for those that don't know, the, the Fantasy Football Challenge Cup is a 256-team, eight-round knockout-style tournament. Uh, so 256 players play a best ball competition two weeks. So your combined score over the two weeks, best ball, uh, winner progresses, loser goes out. Um, the key that makes this different for me is that, what is it, 11, I think it's week 16 is the winner, week 15 is the winner. You have to win 15 matchups. You cannot afford mm-hmm. to lose one. You can get into Scott Fishbowl playoffs and in theory win it with a losing record of your, your highest points. You can't in this. You cannot afford to lose out on any matchup. It's a unique tournament in that respect. Kind of a that winner progresses, loser goes home. Um, it's also different as well as scoring. So we mentioned it's super flex. Um, a lot of the competitions, Warrior Bowl and Scott Fishbowl, we've mentioned of have little tweaks in their scoring, little tweaky roster setups and kickers allowed, for instance, in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, FFCC feels, other than being super flex, quite conventional. Yeah, I mean, Superflex, you might as well just call it 2QB because yeah. it's 2QB. Uh, yeah. So in that regard, it's you know it's just like the fishbowl. Um, if any Superflex league you're in, if you're not treating it as 2QB, then you know, you've know you already made mistake number one. Um, but with that being said, like there's definitely um, attention needs to be paid towards depth and you know, positional depth and – Quarterbacks easily dry up the fastest, so that's why you'll see uh, had what was it four, uh, four quarterbacks on the roster? Um, you had five and, if you count early on, or five, even better. Right, I had uh, right, I had Ellinger, Mac yeah, Jones, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Russell, yeah, and yep. so you had uh, Russell Wilson, Tom and Brady, and I had Mac Jones, Jones right. Drew Locke, okay. and Erlinger. Yeah, right. So it went it went five. Normally, Fishbowl, um, I'll carry four, which is twenty two. Yeah. Uh, this, I believe, was 23-man roster, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was where the, the extra player became uh, the quarterback. Um, but, you know, it, it's really just having a balance of depth, saying, listen, okay, these are the guys I know I'm definitely starting in a perfect world. Yeah. And then who are the couple extra that could crack that lineup if all things go right? And that's kind of where the luck comes in because, you know, as you can see, you get a couple right, and now you have depth at that position. Um, you know, some weeks, like we mentioned Dalton Schultz, um, yep. Dalton Schultz was scoring in the super flex, um, multiple weeks as, as a flex option at tight end that's yeah. with Kyle Pitts in the lineup. So yeah. what, what it might've seemed like, Hey, don't overdraft tight ends because I really only going to count on one of them. Well, here's Kate's some point that you, you might look for others. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like, um, you know, there's a secret sauce of formula because literally the only separator between me and, you know, most of these rosters and these lineups and these participants in this draft was actual luck and, you know, things just going right uh, each and every week. And yeah, whether that was 10% or a hundred percent, it happened and it, and, and it matters. And that was, you know, the differentiator. So I'll, listen, I'll celebrate, I'll pound my chest, but I, I, at the end of the day, will acknowledge as well that, uh, there was a little a little help that uh, that went into this also. Isn't a lot of fantasy football luck at the end of the day, though, right? I mean, it depends on who you ask. If you ask me, I tell you it's 90% luck. If you ask others, they'll say it has nothing to do with luck. Um, so, I, I mean, it really depends on your audience. But uh, no. I think deep down, everybody would have to admit, yeah, there's, there's an element of that involved. And I would say even more so when it comes to a baseball competition because those late-round flyers – 
can go off in one week. Somebody can yeah. turn an ankle early in a game and your wide receiver six that you've drafted is suddenly in the game for a full game and can get, I don't know, nine catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns in theory. He's now scoring yeah. on your on your points this week. Yeah. And listen, I'm a big uh, baseball guy as well. I think I've talked with Murph about this in the past, um, that you know, fantasy baseball I think is a truer test to who who's good and who's bad. And, you know, it's still challenging, don't get me wrong. But as you just mentioned, you could have a backup, you know, fifth wide receiver who only got in the game because two guys got injured. And it's only, you know, having those nine catches because the team was down 30 and they were playing catch up the whole time. Uh, whereas, you know, in baseball, your team could be losing like the the uh, the Red Sox lost the other day, 25 that. to three or don't, something like that. But the that. guys on the Red Sox are still getting up in the eighth inning and treating that at bat as their own yeah. individual at bat. Has nothing. They, they know I'm not hitting a 22 run homer, but yeah. they could still get a hit and help you. So um, in that regard, you know, game script and, and game outcome uh, really affect fantasy football in, in a whole nother dimension and level. So. And that's why you drafted Elijah Moore last year, I guess, expecting him to be down 30 every week and catching the ball. Uh, you know, I'm a Jeff fan. Okay, um, cool. Time that perfect then. That, that helps, had helped a lot. Um, I also just will always go back to the draft night video of A.J. Brown tearing up, telling him, you knew you were the best of us. And that included A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Right. So, you know, w- seeing what they've done, I know different body types for the three of them, yeah. but um, – Seeing him say that, you know, and then knowing that he was going to have an opportunity in New York, uh, it just like, all right, the price was worth it, you know. Yeah. And um, hopefully this year it works out the way we hoped it could have last year. So, Andy, when you get to this stage now, the, the day or the night before a draft, have you done much prep or looking into it? Or do you go off the fly? Or do you have your, your tiers and your rankings? How do you set out for a draft like this? Yeah, it's – it's uh, it's – it's really the prep is, you know, year round. It's, it's mm. every day. We're at this stage, pretty much. I, I think, I think what social media and Twitter has helped us do is kind of all find our, our, you know, our rabbit holes. And we all happen to be in this one, all these tournaments like this, like mine all emerge because of social media, because, you know, look at, I'm talking across the pond with you right now on a live call uh, yeah. where this doesn't happen, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. We wouldn't even know each other existed, no. yet alone now we're in a fantasy league together. Right. Um, so we've we've kind of all, you know, found, hey, I'm not alone in this. And I think that's kind of opened up things for people to actually really embrace this lifestyle even more. So uh, it's it's year round. It's 365. There's, there's not something that happens in, you know, March that you know relates to an NFL player that most of us have not heard or are aware of. Um, so you know your your drafting, your 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 rankings, your personal biases or or thoughts on sleepers or busts. Um, I, I think that's just kind of internal at this point with most of us. Uh, you know, of course, we write it down. Um, especially if you're producing content, you have to put it in black and white. You know, to put it out there. But uh, for the most part, I think you could interview or poll anybody and they could run off a whole list of, you know, guys they like or dislike for, for this week or this year or, or next season or whatever the case may be. What is it? I think a lot of us, me and Murph have talked on shows about how to compile rankings and build your tiers and so on. And everybody will have content creators that they favor and prefer. And you can find consensus rankings out there if you want to, that can almost do the job for you from an amalgamation of people. So 
um but it's worth heading into them in terms of like i guess you have like a standard home league with family friends and that over there yeah i have uh i've actually dropped it down <laughs> to just i think now i gotta i gotta go back and do inventory because i technically <laughs> have a couple home leagues right. that have come out from just being involved in this industry for you know the last 10 years and yeah. just you know other you know content creators and friends you know local and abroad and you know um that you know you're in some of these leagues that have now become home leagues uh although they didn't start out in the traditional sense of you know local one night draft at a bar kind of thing uh in that regard i i do have my firehouse league um many people that follow me know i'm a firefighter for the last 20 plus years and um started a league in my firehouse 19 years ago and that's still going um so I've had a couple others that were wow. kind of been in and out of over the years, uh, depending on, you know, time available. Uh, last year I got into, I guess, what could be considered a home league with uh, a bunch of guys on, on Long Island. This was organized by Sal Lito. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, went out and we drafted at a bar that night. So I guess that would count as a home league. Um, but I would, I would, I would say there's always that one fallback, yes, and wildly right. different. And do you prepare for those different to how you would something like this? There, honestly, is no way for me to prepare for you that league at this probably. point. There's no way for me to prepare for that league at this point right. because th- there are guys that are still bringing out magazines um, that you know most of the world would laugh at. Well, most of this in the world would laugh at now and say, yeah. "Who's buying those things?" Uh, there's half the league, you know, is still drafting guys that retired six seasons ago and just throwing that name out there and, you know, and have no clue. So they're just okay. in it for the you know, camaraderie. Uh, so th- there's really no way to prepare for it because, uh, you go in there and you either, you either significantly overplay your hand or, you know, underplay it. I think, um, I think I went Kyle Pitts first round last year okay. for this fact of knowing that I could have either gotten him in the 10th round or he could have went first overall um, yeah. just because that's how wild the outcomes could be. Uh, so I just said, you know what, screw it. I'll take him because I know I can recover from this in, you know, two, three, four, and five. And uh, awesome. yeah, so. We have uh mouse popped on. There you go. Look, world champions in the house. <laughs> Hello, Adam. I wore my uh, all-American hat for you since I am the uh, American champ. I'm guessing that relates to Carl Pitts being free money drafting him. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that's good. Yeah, I would actually call Dalton Schultz free money at this point, but sure. He's got to be drafted early this year, though, right? It's got to be earlier than last year. <laughs> There's no Jarwin in town. There's no Amari Cooper in town. Michael Gallup's going to miss time, and he's coming off a career best year. So uh, Dalton Schultz's value is going up. There's no way about that. So. Um, Fine. So what are your tips coming into this draft? What have you looked to do? How have you prepared? Have you got any tips for the guys that are listening? If anyone out there listening has got a question, please send it in and we'll uh, we'll ask away. But what have yeah, you, you done to prepare? Send in the questions because I, I, I much prefer having a specific direction to go than a general one. And that was not okay. uh, a, a shot at all. It's, uh, it's just um, – Anything going into this year, I always say. You mentioned two QBs. So where, where are you drafting at? You drafting what? Do you know what position you're drafting at? 
Uh, in this one, I am drafting. Let me look this up. I forgot. I think I'm uh, seventh. Okay. I think I'm drafting seventh. So, and we and start tomorrow. You want me? QB league. So you're expecting a QB at seven, perhaps, or is your mind so, elsewhere? So I'm picking seventh in a draft that starts tomorrow, and this is public. And you want me to tell you who I'm targeting? <laughs> um, it, it will be. No, I, it will most likely be uh, in the quarterback family. Um, cool. Just being that, you know, I, I think you kind of have to go. I remember this has to be four years ago now. Because yep. I, I won the – I didn't win. I, I finished fourth overall in the fishbowl. I think it was SFB 10. Yeah. And so three years ago now. And uh, could have went one one scoring one, – one up player change away from winning it all. Uh, but whatever it's uh, I, the reason I bring that up is because uh, I, I would get mocked by Jake Seeley, who I love, uh, but all in kid on Twitter, and um, for taking three quarterbacks in the first four rounds, and I, that was like my strategy in fishbowl for like three straight years. And he kept saying, "Oh, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much." And then I, you know, tell him, "Well, who has the higher finishes? Who has the higher finishes?" So um, it it works in in depending on the format. Uh, with that being said, don't get caught into a trap where you're you're targeting position over player because you know then you're going to be passive value yeah. to reach for something just to fill a void. Uh, the other thing I was I was starting to say was I've always been into prospects, whether it be baseball, football, you know, um, scouting the rookies in the draft. Um, don't fall in love with them; they're easy to fall in love with. But yeah, and the and the game of football has changed dramatically. Whereas, you know, five years ago, uh, probably a little longer now, but, you know, the third-year wide receiver breakout was, the was you know, the industry norm and standard. And now guys are getting drafted to performing year one. And by and large, most of them are returning uh, value on that production. You know, you look at uh, Jefferson last year. And even just, just Justin Jefferson as an example, you know, people were talking about those are reach. There's too many mouths to feed on that offense. Oh, my God, he's dropped, you know, five passes a game in the preseason. He's going to be a bust. Yep. And now, look, he's he's arguably the greatest dynasty asset in the in the history of fantasy football at this point, you know. Right, alongside um, Jamar Chase, who, who couldn't catch a ball either in the NFL. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, that's what I meant. Jamar, I met Jamar yeah, Chase uh, last yeah. year, not Justin Jefferson. Um LSU boys. But anyway, uh, you know, you can look at Chase and then you can look at Elijah Moore. It could have easily been the opposite. Elijah Moore could have had, you know, a thousand yard season and Jamar Chase could have been hurt or or dropped it or dropping passes. And, you know, so don't over invest, but don't, you know, don't rule them out either, I guess. is Awesome. The so a question from Gary. Gary has said much like we've been talking about here, but QB runs have started really early in some leagues. Is him? Do we think this will happen in FFCC? We've touched upon that a little bit, but a hundred and ten percent, absolutely. So to counter that slide, you do want to give away your tactics from spot seven, but Merce throwing one out there to see if you're interested in Kelsey at seven. I, I mean, the interesting thing about this this uh, scoring is that there's a significant premium on tight ends, uh, yeah. which makes them more important than not. But uh, if you know. The problem with that, for me, is uh, again the, the the ball's not in their control, right? The quarterback yep. has the ball, um, so he can dictate 
his success more than a tight end can. You know, we've seen the variations in performance of of like a George Kittle, for instance, uh, where you know we talk about he's the greatest tight end in the world as far as blocking and what he means to your real world team. But in fantasy, you know, he can be hit or miss because he can have spells depending on the quarterback and you know other players getting involved. Um, so to me, it's a it's a it's a lot of. Uh, capital to put into drafting that position, especially when you consider there's, you know, three to five that you feel confident in and then six to 50 that, you know, could ease, you know, could finish the year as that, that next guy up, you know? Um, so the quarterback to me is a lot safer, uh, for that reason. Um, and there's definitely gonna be a run. I know you mentioned something in there about the third round reversal and yes, that definitely adds an element. Well, I forgot. There was a league I was in last year that it took me by surprise. It might have been the Fishbowl. Fishbowl had that last year. It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, first time last year. Yeah. And and this year it's out, right? No, I don't it's first this, this year again in Fishbowl. Was it? All right. I didn't, I didn't yeah. remember. I don't know. I've basically just been going, when am I on the clock? All right, who's on? And That's when you're in too many time. leagues, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this means – uh is there a third round reversal in this? I thought there was. There is. Wait, there is. Okay, there yeah. Is. So I got so six one. to ten is kind of not a bad spot to be to try and minimize that, right? I would say so. So, so uh, you know, I could tell you there's definitely going to be. The question was, will there be a QB run early? There definitely will be a QB run early. There will be a couple tight ends sprinkled in there. Kelsey at seven. I would probably say Kelsey won't be there at seven. Uh, if I were going to make a bet right now with you, Murph, I would say Kelsey's not there at seven. Um, I'm at six, not in your draft, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think somebody's going to veer for him at five or six. I think somebody's going to have their, yeah. you know, their top end quarterbacks, and then figure, you know what, I'll come back and grab my next tier because those guys are gone. Let me grab yeah. tight end here. Fair. I think so, he'd want to probably, as you say, only two or three that you probably want to grab anyway, especially at that certain capital space. So, uh, Gary yeah. again asked, do we think that the players going on the pup list will impact the drafting for this competition? Do you, I mean, do you have one in specific, you know, a player specifically in mind? Because I'll tell you a well, guy. We've seen JK, running backs recently, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards have both gone on. You go to the Jaguars and they're saying that none of their backs are going on, James Robinson or Travis Etienne. Think yeah, and, kind of... right, and and like a, a case in point, a uh, a player I was trying to find as much as I could was uh, you know towards the end of the uh, fishbowl was James White, who's on the pup list, and some reports say he was walking with a limp a week ago. Other people were responding to that report saying you're the only one reporting that, so you know everybody else said he was fine. So it, you know things like that where yeah, that's gonna play a tremendous role because you know you could get a guy like James White in the 20th round that could look like he should have been picked in within the top 10. If he's back to James White of old, uh, that's still drafting James White. And over the 30 year old part used back with a hip injury. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying is this could be, you know, if, if it's all systems go, this is a guy that's going to, you know, catch upwards of 50 balls um, and, and have an impact and be rosterable and startable 
uh, in, in leagues and win you some matchups because of that. And you're going to get them for free. So, um, you know, these are some of the deeper guys, you know, we're talking about JK Dobbins is, is not going to be affected by his pup status. He's going to be drafted. It's just going to be a matter of, are you going to get him in say the fifth round as opposed to the eighth round, depending on how you're, league goes and maybe fifth is a little too too ambitious but my you get my point it's not going to be you know a guy you're throwing a dart at at the end uh this so, is one of the only leagues i think late rounds where you might see someone like carl used get picked up because that guy's yeah. going for a touchdown somewhere and if he helps you out in a week or short on buyers or someone's come down and he right. comes up with a, a score that week that does you great correct correct he's um, not going to be drafted in any other 22 round leagues i'm sure yeah, and, and as far as like the uh, the Jaguars issue, does that affect anything? I, I, I mean, somebody I saw somebody tweeted out earlier today. I guess the Snoop, I guess Snoop Connor season's over before it started, yeah. and you know I I missed the enrollment because I didn't know there was a Snoop Connor season. But um, you know, ETN is hey, going to be using Xavier uh, Jones last year, so careful. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, uh, Travis Etienne is going to be a, a monster this year. I, I firmly believe that. Um, you know, I don't like the type of injury he had. So is there a chance for it, it returns or limits him? Yes. Um, but I think this entire offense is going to be night and day from what it was, uh, you know, a year ago. Uh, it was just a, you know, it was, it was, it was a, it was disrespectful to the NFL what happened in Jacksonville last year, all because of of what happened from the top down. Uh, but you know, James Robinson, I think is going to have value as well. I, I think you're going to see something similar to like what we you know see with like uh, Ezekiel Elliott and and Tony Pollard mm-hmm. in Dallas right now between Robinson and uh, Etn in the sense that you know you're going to have valuable production from both of them. Um, you know, I know people are going to hear Ezekiel Elliott and think you know. That's another one. Uh, one of these guys that I, I feel like it's like don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. He's still going to be good for two hundred plus carries. He's still going to get you and flirt with the thousand yeah. yards for, and he stays you know, on the ground. Like right, right. So don't overthink it. Um, you know, don't get bored and look for the flavor of the month. Don't draft Tony Pollard before you draft Ezekiel Elliott. It, it, you know, is the message. Um, you, you might say, okay, well, one's you know RB, you know. 12 and the others are be 13 fine but make sure it's Elliot ahead of Pollard. Well, they're uh, paying you know, one of them a lot more cute. than the other. And that's right. a lot. So, Follow the money. Right. Um so to you know long story short the players on pup will, will impact drafting not at this stage. Um, okay. again this is you know pre-training camp. Is a strategy of yours as well to handcuff running backs or are you one of those that handcuff somebody else's running backs? Cuz last year you had yeah. Jacobs and Drake was that intentional or was that just where the value fell? Well, the argument between that and it really kind of took me to like a year or two ago to to kind of respect and understand this was if I draft my own handcuff and my lead guy goes down, I'm still covered, right? If I draft your handcuff, I'm I'm rolling the dice here because your guy might stay healthy and my handcuff never materializes and my stud might get hurt. So now I got zero. Flip side of that. My stud is healthy, and your guy goes down, and now my handcuff to you. So I have two studs now. Um, Right. So uh, at that point, I think it's value. Um, I'll tell you one guy, fishbowl-related, I reached for was Chuba Hubbard because I drafted McCaffrey in round two or three, which I just felt was too much value at that point. Um, So given McCaffrey's recent history, uh, I figured, you know what, I have to handcuff him. you know, I don't expect anything out of Chuba unless 
he gets elevated into the to the role. So that was a kind of a situation where I felt like I had to protect that with my own handcuff. Um, but if you're looking at somebody like a Dalvin cook, I'm not necessarily feeling the need to handcuff him at this point. Um, you know, two years ago, yeah, he probably would have made the McCaffrey argument. I just did, uh, right now, I think I'd be a little less hesitant. Um, you know, I think the ideal situation is what we just talked about with like a, 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 an Elliot and a Pollard or an ETN and a Robinson where, you're going to get value out of both of them. You could start them both in, in some weeks. Uh, and then you also have the backup. So you get value and protection uh, all rolled into one. Uh, so I, I really think it... others handcuffs. And I've always said that gamble that way. Um, and yeah, if you lose your guy and his guy's healthy, you are left with nothing. But there'll be other backs that go down in the year whose, whose handcuff is available on waivers. There'll be somebody that you can pick up. It was James Robinson the other year. It was John Foreman for a period of time last year. You can get these guys out there. So I'll always take a shot on somebody else's and take the upside gamble and then use the waivers, if not in this league, obviously, but use the waivers to try and, and fill a, a slot in if early on in the season when one of those go down anyway. And I've always approached it that way, personally. Yeah, um, no, and, and it's a fine enough strategy and it's and it's got its merits. Um, you know, to me, like I said, I, I don't like to get – I don't like to hold to the line too tight to yeah. sticking to one particular strategy, you know, week in and week out yeah. or draft in and draft out, but rather have some flexibility. Um, I guess you could say it's more of a tier based, you know, drafting yeah. method where, you know, I have my ideas for things I want to do in this range, mm-hmm. but there's not one more important than the other or one better than the other. And and again, this goes back to what we started at the beginning where that's where the deviation comes in the variance where, all right, I have this guy in three other teams. I don't have any mm-hmm. other guy. I'll take the other guy here just to just if to be able to have you some. You don't lose out everywhere. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You know, so that kind of thing. And it's also where something else we spoke about comes in is that large element of luck. Um, well, again, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> we'll me. Come back to it. It's, yeah. it's all luck. Um, I should say all well, we've luck. We've got you on here for your expert opinion, so don't put it all down to luck, Candy. I mean, listen, it's not all luck because, you know, if you had James White, and I'm only saying him because we just mentioned him, if you drafted him as your RB1, you know, Mm -hmm. that's asking for too much luck. Uh, But I say luck because, you know, if you drafted him as your fifth running back, sixth running back, just as a a flyer, and he hits, and and now you win a league because that was the difference maker, that's luck. And somebody's going to win a league because of a situation like that. Uh, yeah, so that's what I mean. Format, you only need to win a game. You only need to win a week. You only have to be relevant for, for one game and it can help you out progress to the next round before the other guys are back in. So Yeah. I, well, it, it goes back to the adage of you can't win a draft in the first round, but you can lose it in the first round. Um, so, you know, you're kind of looking at your studs to give you that base amount of points uh, just to be in the competition. And then – you know, the, the, the others, the, the fillers, the, the gambles you take, where you do your homework, where you do your research, where you watch and listen to guys like yourself and myself. Um, that's what's going to separate you from winning or losing a league. Awesome. But you so need that base of, production. That's it. A couple of questions coming in. Johnny here says, will the players eliminate your teams become available to pick up? Uh, Johnny, they're not. It is once it's drafted, you're set. There's no waivers. There's no pickups. There's no drops. It will just run as it is. Um <clears throat> Murph has sent you compliments on the handheld microphone, sir. <clears throat> well, 
going old school? No, the the stand is broken twice now. So, and I, <laughs> so it's handheld by default. I don't get enough invites anymore uh, to have a uh, need to really repair this or fix it. So, awesome. for the occasional ones of these, I do now. I don't mind holding it. Uh, someone else is coming with. Do you see Carl Rudolph as a late tight end flyer in Tampa? <clears throat> um, I'm a Tampa fan, and Merv's answer in the comments is Tampa aren't even looking at his late round flyer, and I have to agree with that. I don't see him having much purpose there, fantasy relevancy, uh, without break going down. I still think, even with him in, there's an element that Gronk will probably play at some point this year. I'm, I'm hoping, I guess. Um, but I think we just in Tampa have a very young tight end room behind Cameron Bright. Uh, and bringing in someone like Carl Rudolph with his experience and his wise head to help coach and oversee and, and mentor those guys is, is the reason he's there. I don't think he's going to see a big production this year. Would you look at someone like Carl Rudolph later on? I took him at the end of Fishbowl. Um, okay. Just because, you know, every year something has uh, broke. Can you hear me now? Yep, gotcha. All right, perfect. I just put the headphones back in. Uh, every year I've been fortunate to have some news break um, during Fishbowl drafts. Uh, a couple years ago it was uh, – the Melvin Gordon news with the Chargers that opened mm-hmm. the door for Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. And I wound up getting him in like the eighth round or something just because it happened to be like one pick away. And I guess the guy ahead of me didn't hear the news. So uh, this year happened to be, you know, the uh, Kyle Rudolph news. Mm-hmm. And listen, it's not to say I need Kyle Rudolph on every roster or I love Kyle Rudolph or I think he's the no. answer. <clears throat> uh, what I can tell you, though, is Brady is, you know, um, had a history of uh, utilizing two tight ends. Um, yep. OJ Howard just never took that step uh, as a, as the guy we wanted to believe he could be. Uh, Cameron Break kind of, you know, defaulted his way into that role. Um, you know, Gronk, and I mean, listen, like I said, you can you can make the argument that both of them are going to have some value. Uh, you could also make the argument that Rudolph is just that veteran that you know has that rapport with Brady, and hey, it just becomes what it is. Uh, so as a late not round flyer, I do think he's going to have some value. Um, and, you know, this is a guy that could finish the season, you know, as a top 10 tight end just for his landing spot. Because anybody could finish the season as a top 10 tight end outside of the five well, or six that are already in it. The rest of them are take your pick, right? Right, right, right. That is what I, right. Just that fact alone. And then you add in the quarterback, you add in the system, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like yeah. they just you, you just keep adding – you know, checks to why this is worth a, a pick. Awesome. So the question I was just touching on, and you can pick up now then, was you've heard a rumor on Twitter that Devin Duvernay is going to be a thing this year. Can you confirm or deny what we expect him from Devin? Well, he's referring to my thread. Yes, uh, thread, which Yeah, after I posted, I found out threads are no longer a trendy thing on Twitter. So it went out yesterday, uh, apparently. So get yeah, with the times. Uh, apparently, apparently uh, you know, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, Devin DuVernay was uh, going to be, you know, my big-time sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean it went out yesterday? What did I miss? Did I miss something? Threads. No, threads went out of fashion yesterday. Oh, threads went out. Yeah. yeah. All right. You just made the – Sorry. Devin DuVernay's cut. Yeah, what are you doing? Maybe you got hurt or something. I missed it. You just scared the crap out of me. Uh, <laughs> no, threads have gone out of style. Uh, but, no uh, – Duvernay is somebody that I 
listen, I, I happen to – three, three players the Ravens have all in the same boat, right? You got Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, and Tylon Wallace. Yeah. Of the three – they were all kind of in that same category, same realm, same same you know boat, same similar um, skill sets, similar conferences, similar production in college. Uh, all senior bowl participants, all guys I, I scouted heavily. Of the three, Tylon Wallace was my least favorite. I thought you know he was the guy that just never looked like he was going to make it happen, and then just mm-hmm. somehow was getting behind defenses and making it happen. Uh, so that was a trend I just didn't think would continue. James Prochet was probably my favorite of the three coming out. Um, I just loved his mentality. I loved his makeup. Got to, got a chance to talk to him uh, and, and you know a few times at the Senior Bowl, which was the last one I was at a couple of years ago. Um, former baseball player. I just loved his attitude and, and thought he was a surprise. Uh, I asked him, you know, people were saying you might be the next AB. Is that your guy? And he said, no, Jarvis Landry is my guy. That's, you know, that guy has the dog in him. Like that's who he wanted to be. So, uh, but of the three, DuVernay has the best skill set and fits the best mold of who can be Marquise Brown's replacement. And when you look at all the um, news that's come out and, and, you know, you can get all this in the thread, but uh, DuVernay has the, the highest likelihood of success from this trio, in my opinion, and you can get him for little to nothing, if nothing at all, at this stage. So why not? Um, he's he's the biggest sleeper to me that nobody's talking about. I've got another question here. Then, considering the depth, is Watson as a banker, which I'm going to guess is Christian Watson at Green Bay, perhaps here. Yeah, wide receiver depth. I'm going to guess the same thing. You'd like to shy away from um, young guys in that position sometimes. Is that the case here? I think the case here is that um, Green Bay has needed a wide receiver for what seems like 20 years, um, and they've never shown an ability to uh, do much of anything with the position. Uh, now you go and you take a guy. Um, you actually put some draft capital into him with the second round. Uh, but from a smaller school, and listen, nothing against you know North Dakota State. Uh, we've seen you know these programs turn out uh, a lot of great players yep. uh, that have you know gone on to NFL success. Uh, you know from these you know these conferences and whatnot. Um, but he's an older prospect already, uh, which you know is going to piss some people off. You know he just turned twenty three in May. Um, you know he's 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 one of these guys that is going to sound like. I think he sounds better in theory because of his draft capital and, and his size uh, than, you know, what we should actually expect from him. Uh, and again, go go back. Like Alan Lazard was probably my least favorite of the recent Packer wide receivers, and he's been the most successful. Um, so that should tell you something. When you, when you look at, you know, uh, Marquez Valdez-Gantling, you, you look at uh, Romeo Dubes, yeah. you uh was it? Too, I mean, you look at some of the guys they um, they've had, they've brought in, they've drafted recently. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I don't want to take that gamble, not for what okay. it's going to cost you. If you're talking about you can get them for for cheap, for free, yeah, okay, in that regard, why not? Um, but if you have to put any type of uh, uh, any type of capital into that, um, I, I would not. Merv's got one more request for you, Andy. Before we're done. You can see the championship trophy behind you. Is oh, yeah. It there? there it is. I should have actually had this out the whole time. I could have put the, you know, 
I could have put the mic on here, held it as a mic stand. But yes, this is the trophy right here. So look at that. As you can see, place. World champion. Not league champion, world champion. And this awesome. actually uh this trophy actually is a world event. So um, it is a world event. We had uh, Jack Humphrey won the first one here in the UK. Uh Vegard won the second one, who I think is Danish from memory. Um, great guy. And then obviously you've took the trophy back to America last year. I I did, I have. And yeah, uh, so, you're keeping it. Pride of place in the middle there. I'll keep in this one. I'm keeping this one. Um, I think Murph would probably prefer if I did win it again. So we wouldn't have to buy a whole other trophy and we could just add 2022 here. little plaque on um, the side, yeah. Right. So uh, I, I think that would be the best scenario for everybody involved. So uh, just let me win it again, guys. That would be the easiest route to go. It's drawn and it is seeded. And if I, get the, if I get through the first round, I've got to play Jack Humphrey, who was the inaugural winner potentially in the second round. And Vegard, the second winner, potentially in the third round. So my odds of getting past round three are incredibly slim at this stage. So, and you're up against, I had a quick look, you've got five yards, very own Rob, guy who works here, okay. helps us out. So Sorry. Um, it'd be interesting. <laughs> Sorry in advance. <laughs> uh, Andy, just before we are done, any final tips or things you can give people heading into tomorrow's draft? Uh, I, I think it's always going to go back to just have fun. Um, you know, just uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Don't take things too serious. Um, I don't know. Ever since 2020, life has just been kind of weird and ups and downs. Um, I see so much bickering that goes on and it just seems so unnecessary. And then so many people that just, you know, myself included that just seem to get, you know, taken the wrong way. And, 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 uh, those that know me like Murph will, 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 you know, you know, swear by me. So it's just, it's just a weird place. And, uh, don't, don't, don't go too far off the rails. Just enjoy it. Just have fun. It's fantasy. It's, it's, the, it's literally in the name of the game, fantasy. Yeah. So enjoy this as an escape and an outlet. Don't make it a job. Don't make it more stressful than the rest of your normal life. That's it. And that's why I love Scott Fish. We had a chance to draft locally and I drafted in, a, in an imaginary place, purely on the basis to try and meet some more people and get talking to them. And we meet some fantastic guys. Vegardy yeah. um, ones from Norway, apparently not Denmark. So my apologies. And Andy, you mentioned it at the top of the show, but before we're done, Tell people a bit more about your DWGA. I have signed up for today, hopefully, if all being well. I'd love to take part. So tell everyone else where they can find that and get involved. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a link uh, on my Twitter account, at People's Pen, People's with the Z. Um, it, it, the link is there. Basically, uh, you know, I, I, Scott and I hit it off years ago when I first got into this industry, uh, you know, about 10 years ago now. Uh, Scott and I used to talk all the time when he had, like, you know, only – maybe 10,000 followers at the time yeah. and he had more time. Now he's, you know, ridiculous amounts and he's yeah. hobnobbing with, you know, the Matthew Berry's and CBS, you know, crews of the world. So uh, we don't, he doesn't, we, neither of us actually have enough time for each other as, as we used to, but we're still uh, friends uh, of course. And um, eight years ago I said, Hey, I, uh, I love fishbowl. I want to do something, you know, to kind of launch my uh, YouTube, YouTube channel, which was nickel press TV at the time. Uh, you know, I want to do something similar. Would you be interested in, you know, being a part of it? I want to get some big names. So it was uh, Scott, uh, Josh Moore from Four for Four, Evan Silva, Mike Tagliere, uh, Matt Harmon. Uh, I'm trying to think. We, we, I think we had two leagues. We had 24 teams, 
and it was like 12 big time guys and then like 12, you know, amateurs, if you will. Um, and I put in some wonky scoring for like receivers, like return yardage was included, like one point for every five carries, uh, you know, points for like first downs, things like that. Uh, and people liked it so much that I doubled it year two. So we went to 48 and then we doubled it again and we went to like 96 and then somehow it got up to 300 now. Uh, and it's been at 300 for, I think the last three or four years. Um, the, it's a best ball format. So yeah. set it and forget it, just draft and hold 22 rounds, no kickers, no defense, just all offense. Um, return yardage is a huge thing because you'll have guys uh, that, you know, you'll look at the scoring and like wide receiver one will be a guy that's not even wide receiver five on his team. <laughs> How is this guy getting so much value? Cause he's the best kick returner. Like Devin DuVernay, for instance, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was an all pro returner three years ago in Chicago. Yeah. So he, he would be a, a you know, nice guy uh, to have. So uh, it started from that. And then the last thing I'll say is I played college basketball. So March madness has always been, you know, my thing. Yeah. And we have a, a March madness style playoff tournament where it's 64 teams. Yeah. Uh, so we separate the 300 teams into four regions and then, yeah. uh, you know, top 16 from each region, 64. And then it's one and done uh, from weeks like 12 through 17. Uh, to just one eventual league champion. So uh, free to get into it. Um, you know, anybody wants to make Twitter. donations, sign-ups on, on the Twitter. I think we're up to right now. There are 218 signed up, so there's still okay. room for 82. Uh, so if anybody wants to jump in, more the merrier. There is a, there is a VIG, though, on – uh, if you're from the UK and you sign up, you have to pay me uh, two pounds per entry. I'm only kidding. There's nothing. Sorry, it's all cool. free. <laughs> so uh, you can go to uh, you can go to my Twitter and, and find the sign up there. Awesome. I've just changed the screen around so your Twitter handles there visible for everybody. So do check it out. I've signed up. Uh, it seems good fun. Um, guys, thanks for listening. I'm going to remind you. Top right hand corner there is the Five Yard Rush Fantasy Playbook. Um, it's available on Amazon. Um, and Murph's got an exclusive competition running for anybody that buys it. So buy it, show them that you've got it. Um, I think there's John A. Johnson shirts in there. I think there's a CJ Mosley signed jersey in there, all for the winners of these leagues. Um, so get involved in that. Other than that, I guess it's just best of luck with your drafts tomorrow. Uh, enjoy them, as Andy says. Yeah. Can I, can I just add one more thing Please before we so. hang up? Because yeah. um, I, I mentioned it before, but Adam uh, Murph has become uh, an amazing friend in this space. And I'm just tremendously proud of everything you guys are doing a five yard rush uh, from what it started to now having a magazine to having several different uh, elements of the show, different shows as, as this is the flagship show, you have different yeah. dimensions of what you guys mm-hmm. are offering content wise. Yeah. Uh, awesome following and uh, doing a great thing. Uh, that's you know internationally regarded now, and uh, I, just kudos to you guys uh, Thanks, for keeping man. it going, and, and of course to the OG Murph on getting it all going. Well, that's it. Five out has college, IDP, Dynasty, this redraft show. Um, it'll have a DFS show during the season as well. So lots of writers pumping out amazing content on the website as well as obviously the audios that we have going on. So um, Andy, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Love the insight into it. Congratulations one final time, I guess, on your victory last year. Um, And congratulations for the first time on this year's victory. Thank you.
Thank you. <laughs> right. This is, uh, yes. Back to, going back awesome. to back. I'm starting a dynasty here. There you go. Right. Best of luck, Andy. Thank you, you sir. All the best. Bye now. a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.